All right, teachers, welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. I'm so excited today because we're switching things up a little bit. And Jessica, the other half of EB, is on the podcast with us. Welcome, Jess. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited. This has been like a long time coming. But with all of our, you know, you have three kids. I have one. I mean, it's not the same having one as having three. <laughs> no, Caitlin, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> but we just haven't been able to like make it happen. And now right. that we, you know, have just decided like we got to do it, it's happening. And it, it is. It's our goal, right? We said we were going to show up more together. So here we are. Here we are. That. Yes, I love it. And what better thing for both of us to talk about together than batch planning your lessons to really help you throughout the school year, right? Absolutely. No, I think we've said this before that we're such similar people. And this is just like one of the ways we are so similar in our teaching that we are firm believers in batch planning. Totally. And hope I just thought about this when you said we're so similar. I hope people can distinguish between our voices <laughs> right? because we had a few of our students at uh-huh. our school in Los Angeles say, you guys sound exactly alike. <laughs> Don't you remember that? I, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> and I remember thinking, no, that's not true. And then I was listening to us talk back and forth on Voxer. It's like an app, yeah, like yeah. a walkie talkie app. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. We sound identical. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if this works out. <laughs> right. Okay. So we are going to talk about batch lesson planning. And the reason that we chose to do this episode is because, you know, if you're like a lot of the middle school ELA teachers that we talk to, we know, you know, Sunday rolls around and you are stressed out. You have to spend most of that day planning. But beyond that, like during the week, you're scrambling, you're maybe planning day to day. And it just becomes overwhelming. It becomes stressful. And it's like teaching becomes almost burdensome in that light. And absolutely, it doesn't have to be like that, like at all. No. Oh my gosh. We are going to give some strategies to make this so much easier and your lesson planning so much more effective. And you're never going to want to go back to that extra day of planning each Totally. Week. And so I want to talk about some of the benefits of, so we're going to give you three tips to start mm-hmm. batch lesson planning. We're going to walk you through how we would suggest that you do that. Um, and so Jessica, do you want to talk into some of those benefits of like Absolutely. why we should do this? And then we'll tell you what they are. Right. So we're going to get into this little strategy later on, but I think one of the benefits is when you batch plan, you are so focused only on planning that you're eliminating all your other distractions. So like way back when, when I didn't batch plan, if I was in my classroom, for example, or even Sunday at home, you know, my, a colleague would walk in or my son would walk in or I, you know, Oh wait, I'm going to go finish those dishes or, Oh, I have to respond to a parent email or whatever it was. I was all over the place. So then I try to come back to planning and my lessons were just eh, mediocre. But when you batch plan, the benefit is that you're totally focused on it and you're creating higher quality lessons. So everyone benefits, right? You're a stronger teacher. Your kids get more out of the lesson. You're able to move through your curriculum a little faster. So it's just like win, win, win. Yes. And that made me even think just because you were saying mm-hmm. that like, okay, you know, Sunday night comes and I'm, I'm trying to do this. And I'm trying to do that. And I'm trying to plan. I'm trying to do this. But when we sit down and we actually dedicate that time in that space, we actually save ourselves a lot of time yep. because we're not doing something that's called context switching. And if you haven't heard of this concept before, it's basically like you lose a huge percentage of your work time in switching, like mentally and physically switching between tasks, right? right? But if you sit down and you have that dedicated amount of time and you're not switching, you are saving a huge percentage of time with not context switching and it, it, it right. works. It's right. Amazing. And we, we've since started applying, you know, that concept into our 
our business, right? With yeah. all the work that we do, we are really focused on certain areas and we don't go out of that zone until we complete the task. And totally. it's hugely it's, It helpful. changes everything. Yeah. Like it changes everything. Okay. Yeah. So now that we have some of the benefits, let's mm-hmm. go ahead and talk about like some tips to get started. Three tips that we have to start batch planning your lessons so that you are not working on Sunday nights anymore. If you are, you're maybe working for like five or 10 minutes, making one small tweak before the next day, but less planning is no longer like, Oh my gosh, I have to do all of this lesson planning. It becomes just a thing, like a thing of the past. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. really Jessica and I, we got to a point where we were like, who, why are people spending so much time lesson planning? Like we <laughs> right. didn't get it because what we're going to share with you now, and you're going right. to feel that same exact way after you start implementing this. So let's start with tip number one. Do you want to go with this one first? Sure. So our first tip is that you need to schedule a set time in your calendar or in your lesson plan book when you're going to batch plan. Like you're literally going to pick a date where you're going to sit down for several hours and all you're doing is lesson planning. So you find whatever date works for you and you eliminate all other distractions. You know, tell your partner you've got the kids today or lock the classroom door and I don't know, put a sign up, do not disturb, but you are totally focused on your lesson plans. And once you mark it in your calendar, you're so much more likely to commit to that day, right? It's like, writing down, you're going to the gym, like I'm going to do it because I wrote it down. Right. So same concept. So put it in your calendar and you are going to schedule ideally the next two months of your school year. And so this is wonderful because you're going to have all of that planned out. Right. And you're just going to be making those minor tweaks later on, but we can apply this right now. Right. We're all at home. We've got extra time on our hands. Ish. Ish, We say that loosely if you have kids. Exactly. So we know it's different for everybody, but if you're able to apply these strategies, even now, it's going to make these next few weeks of the unknown a little bit easier because you're going to have your plan. So even if you don't do the next two months of school, try the next two weeks of batch planning. So you pick your time, you sit down, you open up your plan book, and you're going to just start filling in activities. Yes. And you will get what we suggest that you do. Like that is perfect Hit the nail on the head. So Jessica's saying, you know, pick a day plan for two months. Well, then you still need to pick another day mm-hmm. and then plan for the next two months. And you'll get to a point where you become so skilled in this process. Like Jessica and I do, or we did when we were still in the classroom, sit in the summer and we would plan out the entire semester until Mm -hmm. winter break. And then we would do the same thing on one day over winter break. And we were able to get through to the end of the the school year. But if you could even just get until spring break and I'm talking, when we say like, actually pick a day and plan out all of your lessons, I know exactly what I'm teaching on January 12th. I mean, I could tell you the act and the scene in Romeo and Juliet and the exact activity that we would be doing Mm -hmm. like that's that detailed. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Like, well, what happens if, you know, I, I lose a day or something happens like that. That's one of our other tips that we'll talk about in just a second. Um, do you have anything else to add to that or should we go to the next Yeah. I think we can point out too that once you start this, because it is a little awkward at first to start batch planning, right? That's not what we were ever taught in college. I never took a lesson planning class, but once you start doing it, it becomes so much easier because after you've got your first year done, right? Well, next year, now you're just making adjustments to last year's plans. And so you're saving even more time once you make this a routine. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's a great point. Um, So moving on to tip number two. So tip number one, schedule that day into your calendar and get at least two months done. Like that's the goal. But right now, maybe two weeks is what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, So then tip number three is to pick your content standards. So you're sitting down and you're like, okay, we're going back. Tip number two. 
We're oh, not gonna sorry. Did I say two. three? You did. It's sorry. all good. <laughs> Thank goodness you're here. Um, <laughs> so tip number two, I almost said three again. So tip number two is to pick your content standards. Um, and that's going to really dictate how you're going to, you know, find the activities or find the lessons. Like what are you going to put on any given day that your right. students are doing. We don't want to just like blindly go into this batch lesson planning thing, right? We have to mm -hmm. have some sort of strategy, some sort of intention behind what we're doing. And this can be something as simple as, okay, I'm sitting down and looking at Romeo and Juliet. This is a unit that I want to teach. And I'm going to have the common core state standards for ELA for my grade open up next to me on like, you know, in my window or on my phone. I think they have a great app, don't they? Oh Jess? my gosh. I am obsessed with the app. Yeah. I use it for everything we create. <laughs> I think I have it memorized. I've had it on my phone for no joke, like six or seven years now. And it's probably my most used app after like Facebook. That's awesome. I love that. Oh, yeah. um, download everyone. It's a download good one. that to you. Yeah. Common <laughs> core to app. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but you need to be focused on, you know, certain standards that you want to address during those months, because that's going to dictate what types of activities you're going to be doing. You know, the focus that you're going to be, um, really staying true to as your lesson planning. And so that's a, a hugely important aspect of this is knowing, well, what do you want your kids to do, right? right? What are they going to be working toward during this particular unit or this particular week that I'm planning for, et cetera? Right. Yeah. Once you have your standard down, then you're really just picking small activities to support that standards and penciling them into your calendar. And just because you do the standard one time doesn't mean you can't repeat it, right? Like don't think one, I'm done, they've mastered it. We know that's not reality, right? So it's totally fine to revisit those standards and rinse and repeat certain activities to save yourself time planning. So for example, um, let's say you plan a Socratic seminar in one of the days of your two months that you're planning. Well, go ahead and do another one, you know, two weeks later with different questions and you're still meeting those speaking and listening standards or finding textual evidence standards. So it's a great way to, again, save time by rinsing and repeating certain activities as you plan. And still giving your students a great education, a great experience, right? Just because we're rinsing and repeating activities does not negate the power, right, behind those activities and what we're doing. Absolutely. And I know like right now, again, things are different and we have to be a little more creative with those lessons, but why put extra stress on yourself right now? If you figure out a great way to use, I don't know, Flipgrid for a Socratic seminar, do it again with different questions. Like we mentioned, like it's okay for students right now to have that familiarity with their lessons. Totally. I could yeah. not agree more. I think that's so important. Um, okay. So moving on to now number three. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I like this tip. Yes. This, this is, is really a great practical. one. Why don't you go ahead and share it? Sure. Um, so tip number three is to add two floating days into your lesson plans. So when you sit down to make a batch plan, you are going to leave two days completely blank in your plan book. And those are days where if something comes up, an unexpected assembly, or you were out sick, or the kids took longer on an activity than you anticipated, you can then just push your lessons into another day and you're not now, you know, taking out the content you had originally planned. So it's so helpful to put some wiggle room into your planning and then again, save yourself time later on. 
And the, the more confident and comfortable you get with batch planning, you might realize, okay, I need more than two days. Mm-hmm. I need three or no, I only need one. I actually followed my plans really well or whatever it is. And, um, just putting those in is super helpful. Just staying on top of your plans and keeping organized. I know you definitely did this toward the end of the year too, because as an eighth grade teacher, you had so many activities for graduation that you had yes. to like move things around, right? It's insane. It's like eighth grade graduation time. It's almost like they aren't in school. They're just practicing <laughs> right? for graduation. Yes. And I'm like, I'm sorry, isn't there a month left of school? Like what <laughs> right? are we doing right now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a whole other ball game. Yeah. I think that one is so important. And, and also, you know, when I first started doing this, I will say that I actually put a floating day for each unit. So for each novel that I was teaching, um, but, or you could do like one floating day a month, whatever kind of makes you comfortable. But like just said, like you'll start to realize like how you operate and what works for you. But having those in there is just like some nice breathing room. And if you do end up with an extra day, so what? So what? Yeah. Some fun game in class with your kids, you know, do something community building that doesn't necessarily have to be academic, or maybe you found something really cool online that you want to implement one day, um, and do that with them. And then you don't have to adjust your schedule to fit that in because you have that floating day. I love it. One other thing that I do want to say that I actually think is really helpful, um, in terms of just like setting yourself up each week so that you're not working a ton on Sunday or on the weekends, Um, and I started doing this, gosh, at the school where we taught together Mm -hmm. in LA, my husband was like, why don't you just stay a little bit later on Friday? I know you don't want to, but just stay a little bit later on Friday and make all of your copies for the next week because you already know exactly what you're going to be doing because you've batch planned. I have every single day planned. Mm -hmm. So Friday I would just stay until like three 30, four o'clock, make all my copies, file them for the next week. And I literally did not have to think about teaching until I walked into the classroom on Monday morning. Same. No, I love that. And I think when we taught together, we were probably like the rebel teachers that did things this way. Like we walked out the door when the bell rang with the kids because we did these you know, copy days and our planning days way back when. So we didn't have to deal with all the little tasks during the week. And yes. it just made us feel so organized and so on top of things. It was like, why are we hanging out after school each day? <laughs> right. You know, like there's right. no reason to. No, no. Yeah. And like, so when you leave, it, that, and that makes the world of a difference in your life. When you leave school at like 3.15, 3.30, and you can go home. And, you know, for me, when I was, I started really doing it when Will was born. And so like, I would come home and kind of, rest and hang out by myself for a little bit and then go get them from daycare. And it just mm-hmm. made me a better mom. I had a much better evening with everybody. Yes. It wasn't tense and uptight. It just changes the ball game. Absolutely. It gives you balance in your life, which yes. we all need as teachers, we all need especially that. right now. Yes. Um, so that's kind of the end. Do you have anything else that you want to add or should I share the free lesson plan? Oh, share the free lesson. Okay. This is like the best thing. <laughs> this is the best lesson. Okay. So you, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you likely already have this lesson. If you're an EB teachers club member, you likely already have this as well. Um, but we have a free lesson download. It's not necessarily going to, well, it could work right now for, um, Google classroom. Like if you're doing online distance learning, you can kind of just adjust it. I did a video on how to make PDFs usable in Google classroom on our Facebook page that you can go watch. Um, but anyways, I'm kind of getting off task here. We put together this awesome detective murder mystery, whodunit lesson activity for you. And so students read this great story, um, that Jessica actually wrote. (laughs) So kudos to Jessica. Thanks. Um, and the kids have to decide like who is responsible for this murder. Is it a murder? Is it an accident? And the kids get fired 
up about yes, the activity do. because you wrote it intentionally ambiguous. Like it doesn't right. have a clear answer per se. Mm-hmm. So we want you to be able to use this lesson, print it out, you know, send it to your kids via email or a password protected site. Please feel free to share it with them online. Um, but if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash detective, that's where you can get, grab that free lesson. And we'll share a little bit more about the EB teachers club on, um, that site as well. When you go to type in that link, or we will also include it in the show notes for you. So that's kind of it. That's a wrap, huh? It is. And we hope you, you know, take some of these strategies and try batch planning. Like who knows? You could be like, why haven't I been doing this all my life? Like it's a game changer. Totally. We firmly believe in it, strongly believe in it. Um, and we hope you give it a try. Awesome. I love it. Thanks so much, Jess. That was really fun. That was fun. (laughs) All right, you guys, we'll see you next week on the podcast.